drop these. Good morning. Good morning. That got your attention, didn't it? <laughs> isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Well, Brother Bob couldn't be with us this morning. He has uh, some kind of bug that he picked up, and um, so graciously he chose not to share it with us. <laughs> We're grateful for that. Uh, so. I wish uh, everybody uh, uh, a great holiday weekend, and uh, I hope that uh, all you ladies who have been waiting to give birth since this is Labor Day weekend, you can deliver now and have your babies. That's what it's. That's why it's called Labor Day, right? <laughs> okay, I guess I'm wrong again. Well, anyway, welcome to Lexington Christian Church, our uh, Sunday morning worship. And because Bob's not here, I will be uh, doing the talking, but Wayne is going to lead us in our song. So if you guys want to, uh, if anybody uses the hymnals anymore, <laughs> uh, number 90. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, but you can get that ready. So first, we have our announcements and uh, Wilma, if you will, if you don't mind letting Bob know, uh, we kind of made a, uh, a a decision this morning with the elders and the uh, congregation that was there. We're going to postpone the meeting for a week. One because Bob's ill, <laughs> and two because we got several people who's going to be out for the holiday. So uh, we'll we'll postpone that one week. If you'd be glad, and Bob, if you're watching and listening we're praying for you hope you feel better and so you got another week to recover <laughs> uh yes no church tonight because it's a holiday weekend so hold on to your papers till next sunday night uh, laverne and uh luke couldn't be here this morning because laverne had the other surgery on her other foot and she can't drive for a month i think so uh, Luke was disappointed he couldn't be here. <laughs> so keep them in your prayers too. And I don't think that there's any other announcements, it looks like, because uh, we changed that meeting for a week. So did anybody celebrate a birthday this week besides Rocky? Well, I know you had a birthday. Did we sing it last? Did we sing for you last Sunday? Okay. 
So no other birthdays. Okay. How about anniversaries? Oh, we have an anniversary, Bob and Wilma. How many years? 40. 40 years. Congratulations. You want to sing for us, brother? Happy anniversary. Anniversary. Happy anniversary. anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary. God bless you. Happy anniversary to you. Okay, well, let's have the uh, opening hymn is number 90 if you use your book. Everyone, please stand. We're standing, please turn to 169.
prayer, please. I will do that. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you recognizing that you are God, the Almighty, the Sovereign, the Creator of all that exists, including us. And therefore, Lord, we are humbled before you because you are precious. Lord, because you loved us, we are able to love you. You show us what love truly is when Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We give you thanks. We give you praise. And we recognize that all things are possible with you. So, Lord, we ask you to touch every heart. Lift us above all the things that's going on in this world that are evil as we come into your presence to worship you this morning. Lord, let your love be felt. Let your presence be known. Help us to truly worship you in spirit and in truth. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Father. The community hymn is uh, number 259. Wayne Morris has a communion meditation today. Good morning.
Communion is an opportunity for us to come and remember what Jesus has done upon the cross and the implications of his sacrifices that he made for us. Every time we have communion, we are reminded uh, afresh and personally that it was for my sin, for our sin, that Jesus died upon the cross, and that it was for my redemption, our redemption, that he gave his life. Yes. Ephesians 1, 7 says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Now, in him we have redemption, yes. deliverance, and salvation through his blood, the remission and forgiveness of our offenses, our shortcomings and our trespasses in accordance with the riches and generosity of his gracious favor. Amen. God himself was pleased to live fully in his son. And God was pleased for him to make peace by sacrificing his blood on the cross so that all beings in heaven on earth would be brought back to God. Mm. You used to be far from God your thoughts made you his enemy and you did evil things but his son became a human and died so God made peace with you and now he lets you stand in his presence as people who are holy and faultless and innocent let's pray Lord we thank you for this day you've given us and all the blessings of life that we have everything we know comes comes from you. Lord, be with us at this solemn time. Be with our hearts and minds as we gather around your table to partake of your body and your blood that was shed for the redemption of all of our sins. May each one partake in a manner well-pleasing unto you. Yes. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We can take take the bread, which represents the body that was broken for us on the cross. Like to each one of us take at this time. In like manner. We want to partake of the fruit of the vine that represents his blood that was shed for remission of all of our sins. Everyone, please take in a manner well-pleasing. We can stand for the doxology. God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, The next hymn is number 394 in your hymnal. Just a closer walk with you. Jesus is 
Tim will be number 469, Trust and Obey.
Good morning. Ain't it great to be in the house of the Lord? I know I said that, but I'm going to say it again. When I said it before, I was saying it for Bob. Oh, it's good to see our visitors back. We missed you last week. Oh, well, are you blessed this morning? We're all alive. We're all breathing. God is good. All the time. All All right. Well, I'm going to do the reading this morning as well as uh, preaching. So I actually prefer it that way, but we do what we do. So we're going to pick up in Matthew 26, verse 47, and uh, read to verse 56. While he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve... Arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priest and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then the men stepped forward seized Jesus and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions? Of angels. But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching, and you did not arrest me. But This has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. I wonder what kind of desserts they gave him. Oh, (laughs) sorry. So here we have the continuation of this story of Jesus. You know, he had gone to the garden and prayed. Prior to that, they, they had uh, what we now call uh, the Lord's Supper like we just participated in. And it had been established that evening when Jesus was with the disciples in that room upstairs in that house. And he changed the, the way that they did the traditional meal of Passover. And he told them in that time that he, one of them would betray him. And, and they went around the room. Is it I? Is it I? Lord, is it I? And then Judas. Is it I? Yep. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> he let him know. He knew. He knew ahead of time what he was going to face. He knew ahead of time what was coming. And then he told Judas, go and do what you're going to do. Do it quickly. One of the reasons I think that he told him to go and do it quickly was so that he could get it over with and wouldn't back out. (laughs) You know, we don't stop to think about the humanness of Jesus. But he was fully human just like you and me. Now, if you knew that someone was betraying you, was going to turn you over to the law, and let's say the law was still the way it was back then, and you were going to be put to death, you might have uh, thoughts of running and hiding somewhere (laughs) so that that couldn't happen. I might have those thoughts. But Jesus decided to trust and obey, just like we say. He was trusting his father and obeying, even to death. 
obeying even to death. And that's important for us to think about and to recall. Because if we're not willing to die for Jesus, then are we really willing to live for him? You know, dying is easy. It comes natural. (laughs) Uh, And we're all going to die someday, right? We're all going to die one way or another. We don't know how or when. And we don't like to think about it either, do we? We don't like to think about death. We want to think about life. Part of that's because God gave us life. And he gave us life abundantly through Jesus. But the Lord knew that this was coming. So he went to the garden to pray for for strengthening so that he could face what he was about to go through. And he had warned Peter that he was going to betray him three times. Peter said, nah, I'd never do that. And then they go to the garden and he takes Peter, James, and John and says, come on, pray with me. He takes them a little closer than the others. And he goes a little ways away. And he began to pray, crying out to the Father, Lord, if there's any other way to take this, take it away from me. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours. He could have said, I'm not doing this. And it wouldn't have happened, folks. He didn't do that. He came for that reason, to be our Savior. He knew that, and he was willing to do whatever it took for our salvation. Wow. I know that there's been times in our lives, maybe, or somebody we know, when you had a loved one who, let's say, they needed a kidney, You were willing to go be tested, to go through that process to see if you could give them one. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. But we were all willing, we would all be willing to try. I've read stories about people who give up uh, a kidney or another body part for a loved one or even for a stranger. And there's some beautiful stories from those events in people's lives. And I think that there becomes a special bond between those people. Jesus gave his very blood for you and for me. He gave his whole life, all of his blood, all of his love, everything. Shouldn't there be a special bond between he and us? Because he did that for us. And especially if you really understand what it means if you don't accept what he did for us. Or if you realize what would have happened had that not been fulfilled. Hell is a terrible, terrible place where the fire is never quenched and the worm dieth not. Just thinking about it gives me cold chills. But he did all that so that we could avoid that place called hell. But while he was praying, he come back and he finds these three asleep. And he said, couldn't you pray with me for one hour? You just said All of you said you would die for me. You would do anything for me. But you can't stay awake for one hour while I pray. And he went away and prayed twice more. And every time he came back and found them asleep. The third time he woke them up and said, okay, it's time. The betrayer's coming. And they never even moved far out of that spot before. Boom, here comes this crowd that comes to meet him. And... (laughs) With that comes Judas, the betrayer. And of all things, of all things, he said, the one I kiss, that is him. When you go up and kiss somebody, it's a matter of respect. 
it's a matter of a, of a traditional greeting. And in some countries, they still do that. They kiss on each cheek. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of respect for that person. And <laughs> he chose that to show who Jesus was. The one I kiss is the one arrest him. In one of the Gospels, Jesus said, you betray me with a kiss? Wow. Can you imagine how much that must have stung? I don't think he really realized at that point just what was going to happen out of this betrayal. Because later we find that he hated that he had done it, but he found no repentance. But when they come and Judas kisses him, they come forward, the the priest uh, guards come forward, and there was probably a couple of Roman soldiers there as well to make sure that there's no uprising. (laughs) And so they grab Jesus. And when they do, we're told Peter grabs his sword, and there's Malchus standing there, (laughs) cuts his ear off. I don't know about you, but I don't think that sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) Uh, But we know what happened. He was chastised by Jesus and told, put your sword away. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. In other words, violence begets violence. That's what we're told in another place in the Bible. Don't do it. There is a time, we're told. There is a time for war and a time for peace. But this was not the time. Because what was happening, Jesus knew that it was the fulfilling of the prophecies. And that's what he says a little later on. He knew that this was all supposed to be. And so he was saying, let happen what needs to happen. You know, sometimes in our lives we go through challenges. We go through some hardships that we don't understand and we really don't like very much. But Jesus says, hold on, hold on. I'll turn this thing around. Just hold on, have patience, trust me, obey me, hang in there. And I'll turn this thing around and you'll be better off than you ever was before. Anybody experienced that besides me before? Yeah. I mean, it happens so often that we don't even really think about it. I mean, I know my mother struggled a lot because she had uh, severe heart problems. For the last, I think, 30 years of her life or thereabouts, she lived with a heart that functioned at 30%. Many doctors told her, oh, you don't have long, you won't. (laughs) She just laughed at them and said, God determines when I die, not you. (laughs) And her eyes, she, according to the doctors... When she went to the eye doctor, I was there. And the eye doctor told her, he said, do you mind if I bring some students in to look at your eyes? She said, no, I don't care. She said, but, but why? He said, because according to everything that we know through science, according to everything that we see, you should be totally blind. You shouldn't see anything. She said, Hold your hand up and I'll tell you how many fingers you're holding up. So he held up three fingers and she squinted and she looked and she said, three fingers. He said, I just don't understand it. She said, God helps me. The doctor was an atheist. (laughs) He didn't like that a lot. (laughs) But the students came in and looked, and every one of them said the same thing. You can't see. You can't, there's no way. And she proved to every one of them that she could still see. And she could see till the day she died. You know, 
we have challenges for a purpose. We usually like to think of how bad things are. But we need to look at them the other way around. We need to learn. When, when Paul and Silas were in prison, did they sit there and say, Oh, woe is me. We're going to die. It's all over. And we're not going to get to spread the gospel anymore. You know, those people, they don't like to listen to us, so I'm not going to go talk to them no more. They were mean. They threw rocks and eggs and tomatoes, and I'm just not going to do this anymore. No, they didn't do that. When they were in prison, and even when they had been beaten, they sang hymns and praised God. Huh. I know every one of you do that. When bad things happen in your life, the first thing you do after you get pulled over by a cop is say, Praise God! Something good's about to happen. Woke you up, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah. Bad things happen, we should look for the lesson that God wants us to learn. You know, I've learned a lot of humility with my eye condition, and I didn't used to have much of that. And honestly, I still don't have enough, (laughs) but I've learned to be humble. When you have to depend on other people to drive you wherever you want to (laughs) go, it's pretty humbling, I'll tell you. (laughs) Uh... I can't, I can't do much of anything without having to depend on someone else. But you know who I depend on the most? Jesus. That's right. Through him, I never fail to get where I need to go. Someone always offers to take me. Many of you people in here take me places when I need to go, and I appreciate that very, very much. And, you know, God is, is so good. He blesses us so much. And, you know, <laughs> I know I'm getting away from my text, but that's okay. I feel like this is where the Holy Spirit's leading me, so I'm going with it. <laughs> when, when I was 18, and I was about to graduate high school, For some reason, I decided I wanted to go in the military. Now, my father served during war, but nobody else in my family had went into the military except Jim. Uh, (laughs) He's an adopted brother. But, uh, you know, and every one of my brothers told me, you're crazy. What are you doing? Why would you bother? And... I had my reasons at the time, but uh, when I got in the military, I was kind of (laughs) shocked at the way things were done, and I was really upset when I learned I didn't have rights under the Constitution anymore. (laughs) What do you mean I don't have rights under the Constitution? You belong to us, boy. You're under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. You do what we say. I can't call my congressman. You can, but he'll laugh at you. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, the blessing that came from that, even though I didn't like the military all that much, I learned a lot, so I appreciate that. But then, when I started having health issues, I found out I could go to the VA hospital. And get a big discount on things. A lot of things I could get for free. And then when I learned that I was legally blind, the VA gave me this piece of paper that said, I never have to pay for anything ever again. They considered me catastrophically uh, ill with my legal blindness. And so I never have to pay for anything. They give me computers. They give me phones. They give me gadgets to help me read and to see. When I was 18, I had no idea. My mom didn't, we didn't know she had this eye disease then. We knew she had trouble seeing, but we didn't know it. But you know who knew? God knew. And he was preparing 
for this moment in my life. He knew what I would need. And I am so grateful for that. You see, Jesus knew what was needed for your salvation and mine. And so he was willing to go through all of this. When they came to arrest him, he didn't fight against them. He stood there and said, yes, I am the one you want. This must be done so that the prophecy can be fulfilled. You know, there may not be prophecy that says, yeah, Brother Mitch Hutchins on a certain day and in a certain year is going to have this happen or that happen. There may not be writings like that over each of our lives. However, in heaven it is written. God knows. He knew from the beginning of time. He knew you. He knew me. He knew exactly who would be sitting here this morning in this church before man was ever created. Now, isn't that a mind blower? And yet, the Bible tells us that's true, that he knows us. He knows everything about us. He knows every thought that we have. You know, he even taught that thoughts can be sinful. Huh. If you're lusting after somebody or something that's not holy or not righteous, not good, <laughs> that's a sin. But I didn't do it. Don't matter. <laughs> In your mind, you did do it. That's the point he's making. In your mind, you did do it. Oh, so that time that I thought about robbing a bank because I needed money and they didn't need it as bad as I do, then that was a sin, yep. You know, that time that I got so mad at so-and-so, I felt like I wanted to strangle them. That was a sin, yep. You know, that reminds me of the definition of stress. It's when you want to choke the life out of somebody who deserves it, but you can't. (laughs) Because you're a Christian. Did you know, folks, that there are many people today that are comparing us as Christians to the Taliban? Many, many liberals are calling us the American Taliban. An organized religion that forces our ideas on people. That's a sickening thought, but it shows you where the mind of the world is today and how close we are to the end. Jesus was willing to do anything, including dying for you and for me. So that we could go to heaven one day. So that we could be blessed. So that we could have life and have it abundantly. So that we could have eternal life. I want to know something. How many of you have eternal life? How many of you have it right now? Not, not in the future. Right now. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. In the Gospel of John, he says, these things have been written that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you can hope that one day you might earn your way to heaven. Not that you can be good enough to go to heaven. Nobody's ever been good enough to go to heaven except Jesus. It's not about being good enough. It's because we're not good enough is why he died. His blood cleanses us and makes us worthy of heaven. Nothing we can do. Nothing. Begging, pleading, trying to buy our way in, trying to earn our way in can't be done. There's only one way and that's through Jesus. He was willing to die so that we could go to heaven with him. We say we believe that. Do we live it? James said that it's not good enough just to hear the word and know it. That's not good enough. You have to do what it says. 
You know, there is one person that I know all of you know who knows the scripture better than all of us, but he refuses to obey. You know what his name is? (laughs) Satan. Absolutely. Are you more like him by not doing what you know? Or are you more like Jesus by being willing to do even what you don't like? Because it's the right thing to do. Because God said so. (laughs) You know, you think when God speaks, things happen. Do you want him to speak into your life? Then live like Jesus. Love like Jesus. Give like Jesus. Be willing to die like Jesus. When I was in the military, I always had people ask me, well, what if you get killed? And I always said the same thing. What if I do? I'm going to die anyway. Some way, someday, I'm going to die. What difference does it make if, I, if it's here? I said, and even if I do die, I'm dying for my country, for the people I love, trying to make sure they stay free. But I never had to worry about that. It was peacetime the whole time I was in. And then shortly after I got out, (laughs) there was a skirmish. (laughs) Again, God's timing. It was there at the end of my time in the service that God called me into the ministry. And it was right then that I told him, nope, ain't doing it. Well, 18 years later, I had to surrender or die. He was standing on my chest. That's what it felt like. And I knew, I knew that I had to obey him or it was over for me. He was going to use me or he was going to use somebody else. So I surrendered. And I've never regretted it. I've had some times when I wanted to quit. (laughs) When you work with people, sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes when you realize how inadequate you are, (laughs) it's frustrating. But then Jesus always says, it's not about you, son. It's about me. Focus on me and you'll be fine. Jesus went to die. He's called on every one of us to do something. He has a a mission for each one of us. He's given each one of us a gift of some kind. Whether it's speaking to people who who feel bad and, and making them feel better. Or preaching, singing. There's something, some gift That God has given every one of us. And when we use it. We will become so joyful. And revival will break out. He died for us. Are we willing to live for him? If you have a need this morning. Just mind the Lord. If you want to come and pray up here, I'll pray with you. If you want to pray where you are, that's fine. Other people will come and pray for you and with you if you want. Just obey the Lord, Brother Wayne. Let's turn our hands books to number 369. And everyone, please, please stand.
Y'all may be seated. Brother Mitch, you have any announcements and you want to go over the... Uh, just a reminder uh, for those who came in late, no business meeting tomorrow night's postponed week and uh, no Bible study tonight at 5 because of the holiday. And there's some prayer requests up there, I think. Yes. Let me go with these. 